Today on Church Public, we have a trans ice skater breaking the ice, I guess, and pro-life fathers facing jail time. We also discover that 13 is apparently too young for social media, but it's just fine for physical or medical gender transitions. We move to England, where the Church of England goes bingo with LGBTO and I, we're going to have to get into that story. But finally, a Florida pastor is in really, really big trouble for telling his members that they have to agree with, here it comes, the Bible, in order to be a member. I know, it's a crazy thought, but that's the things that we talk about here on Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I really appreciate you stopping by here. We have a lot to work through, a lot to talk about today. But as always, if you haven't already, hit the like button and the subscribe button and the share button and all the buttons just because I want you to get the latest in information that comes out as I can present it. Um, if you've been here for a while, I really appreciate you. If you're listening on audio, I really appreciate you. You are the main portion of what goes on, but there is also a video portion if you want to see that, especially today. I'm just saying, I know, I really love love you audio people. I love you. I really do. But there is some visual uh, things that are happening here, like an ice skater that you, I mean, I'm going to describe it the best that I can, but this is definitely an instance where a picture is worth a thousand words and you're just going to have to, you're going to have to either take my word for it as I explain to you or head on over to churchpublic.com slash podcast and watch the video podcast or go to YouTube if it's still up on YouTube. So again, thank you so much for being part of this. I really appreciate you. As I mentioned, you can go to churchpublic.com for the audio, for the video, for other things. I just appreciate you being part of this journey. It's a labor of love, and I just want to value your time by presenting current events from a Christian perspective because, man, I even had another conversation just this last week where somebody said, there's a lot of commentators out there saying things. There's not a lot of people holding up Bible and, and talking about Bible verses and saying like, hey, we need to actually have our foundation on the Bible, not just in culture and not just in even conservative, whatever that means now, or not just in Republican, whatever that means now. We have to actually like base our morality, our foundation on Jesus. And that's what I want to help you do. So that's my goal. I hope that you appreciate that. If you do, send this to a friend. If you don't, again, you're just going to have to throw your phone, your device, whatever, out the window because it's not going to be worth anything anyway. All right. So we've got a lot going on. And, uh, you know, we're just going to start with this. We're going to start with this. Uh, I, I, <laughs> we're going to have to watch this clip in a second. And uh, before we get to it, I just want to intro what's going on here. So we have a ice skater. And and I, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. I, I'm not much of an ice skating fan. I've been ice skating myself. I've taken my children ice skating, things like that. But if, as for watching ice skating, I just don't. Again, flat honest with you. But we have to talk about this particular story because it is another example of just people ignoring reality and making up rules because they want to. So we're going to Finland for this one, which I know is weird and funny, but we, we have to go over there to understand this. So this is the ISU European Figure Skating Championships, and the theme for this year apparently was, quote, just be you, end quote. And Finland's entry was a man who identifies apparently as non-binary and has also competed with women. They said, quote, With the diverse group of performers, we want to show you the ice has space for everyone. 
And they went on to say the opening ceremony will present skaters at various levels. This is important. Remember that note right there. Various levels. Various levels from non-professional to top athletes. On the ice, we will see single skaters, synchronized skaters, pairs. Among the performers is figure skater Minna Maria Antikainen, who identifies herself, that's just reading from here, herself, as a gender-neutral woman. End quote. Now, yeah, we just have to talk about this. So Antikainen apparently recently just took up the sport of figure skating so that's the maybe less experienced figure skater for this, which I mean, OK, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But but we just have to watch this. And apparently this performer, Antikainen, previously performed as on the ice dressed as a geisha in 2019, uh, who unfortunately also fell on the ice. I don't have the clip of that. I just I felt it was too sad to watch but but this this person did fall on the ice in the 2019 skating show dressed as a geisha and actually couldn't get up so i guess without further ado let's just let's just see what happens let's just see what happens here here we go now if you don't speak the language that's going on i'm just going to tell you what's happening here so this skater is looking very not confident in their skating skills i would say it looks to me like a man i'm just saying they did a little turn oh and they're down they're down and they're spinning and they're still down and they're on this guy's on his knees kind of trying to get up just having trouble getting up it's i mean and now we got a lady with a flag who's clearly an excellent figure skater who comes over to give a hand and says hey i got gotcha, you and i'm out of here i that's that's all that's all we can that's all we can take about this so so why 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 is this important why are we talking about this here's the thing this place um says quote we want to change the figure skating world by showing Talking about a skater's weight is not priority, but muscular, healthy athletes must also succeed at top level. It's important we have different looking skaters, various sizes, various sizes, excuse me, in the competition. Um, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll keep reading here. Is a quote. Figure skating is a very conservative sport with very strict rules and international competitions. Same-sex skating pairs are not allowed, and there's no category for non-binary skaters. I hope that every country will start working for equality and diversity in the field. This skating official continued. She said they're working to, quote, change the world, end quote, by creating rules that match our values. So, again, here's the problem. And, and I talk about this a lot, but this is the biblical context, right? The biblical worldview instead of the cultural worldview that we're looking at. God does not like partiality. And what I mean by partiality is if you judge someone based on something that you decide, whether that is skin color or how much money they have or how much power they have or any of that, there are a, a lot of verses that we could go through. Genesis, Leviticus, uh, uh, there's even some in, in the in Pauline letters that, that God just does not like when you judge people based on what they look like rather than what they have done. So when you judge people based on their skin or by their gender in this case, rather than their character or their skill, you end up with completely arbitrary metrics. You judge people just on things that you've invented. This leads to a country, a country. That's why this is a big deal. This is the country of Finland who put a really terrible figure skater in place in their national celebration 
and they fell down on the ice. I, I mean, virtually any figure skater could do better. I, I, my, I think my own daughter could do better, and she's not even an ice skater. But this country became so concerned with social justice, they lost sight of actual justice, and they got so concerned with creating this imaginary world where this person is an amazing skater because they're a man pretending to be a woman, they lost sight of actual reality. And they tried to force their will on reality, and this is the outcome, because there is reality. That's why this is an important thing to talk about from a Christian worldview. The Christian worldview helps us realize that there is a reality. I know we don't want to talk about it. I know people are saying, well, I don't want to deal with reality, so I'm just going to invent my own because it feels better to have my own reality. But that's just not real. That's why we keep talking about this. I even use the analogy of gravity often in this regard. There is a reality, and we have to be able to interact with it in a real way. When we start inventing things that we want to be true, they just aren't. And this is a good example of that. A great figure skater practices and practices and practices. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you're a great figure skater, you're a great figure skater. Again, I don't care that much. I don't really care about figure skating. You might. Great. But to take a mediocre, at best, figure skater and only showcase them because they're pretending to be something they're not is a disservice to the world, apparently the country of Finland, and to the skater themselves. You're just lying to them and saying, yeah, you're great, but you're not. It's one thing to lie to a three-year-old, which I probably would not suggest also, but to lie to an adult, this, this person, I'm looking here, I think they were 59. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check my work here. This skater is 59. By 59, you should be able to look at a person and say, hey, maybe figure skating is not your thing. But hey, that's just me. I don't like to lie to people. I want to encourage people, help them grow. It's actually part of the job that I do on a regular basis in various contexts. But but don't lie to people. Like, tell them the truth. Because the truth, as Jesus would say, will set you free. So speaking about being set free, uh, yep, we've got we've to talk about this next story. Because it illustrates the culture that we live in and their worldview and the biblical worldview that this culture just really hates. I'm going to show no images for this. So if you're just listening on audio, you're welcome. But for this, uh, apparently, according to Meta, which is the parent company for Facebook, now they will allow, I'm just going to say it, pictures of naked breasts for trans and non-binary people, but not for cisgendered women. Now, that was a really lot of words, and if you're not familiar with all of the words that people have made up to describe these things, in other words, if you are an actual woman, you cannot be naked on Facebook or Instagram. And I would say that's a good thing. We don't want that. However, if you are a woman who says they're a man or are on the LGBTQAIP hashtag plus plus spectrum, then you can say you're not a woman or a man or non-binary or whatever. And then you can have your naked picture on Facebook or Instagram. This is real. And this is a real policy that they've backed themselves into a corner of having to say yes to because of the clown world that we live in and the two-tiered system of oppression in the Olympics that we go through, just like the ice skating that we just saw. So Meta says, quote, the oversight board finds that removing these posts, which would be the naked posts, are not in line with Meta's community standards, values, or human rights responsibilities. So in other words, it cannot take 
the naked pictures of non uh, <laughs> it's just hard to describe. So people who don't think that they're women or women who are pretending to be something else, then they can't take those pictures down because it gets in the way of the values of human rights responsibilities, the Meta board wrote. These also highlight fundamental issues with Meta's policies. According to this article, they said internal guidance to monitor to moderators, excuse me, is when to remove content under sexual solicitation policy. That would be naked on the on the on the policy. It's far broader than the stated rationale for the policy and the publicly available guidance. This creates confusion for users and moderators, moderators as Meta has recognized, which leads to content being wrongly removed. So here what they're saying here, they're saying if you are a woman but you identify as something else and you're naked on Instagram or Twitter, I'm sorry, Instagram or Facebook, Twitter's its own hot mess, but Instagram or Facebook, then you probably should be allowed to be naked because you're not just a woman or not a woman or something, right? This is the crazy mixed up reality that you get yourself into when you say a woman can be a man, actually. So now you can have naked women on Facebook or Instagram but they say they're not women, therefore it's okay. This is, again, flying in the face of biology, reality, biblical worldview, and, and this is, I mean, I'll just go on to say, I'm not going to spend much more time on this because it's frankly frustrating. But I'm just going to voice my frustration in support of actual women. Um, so if you're a woman out there, I, I hope you appreciate this. This is degrading to actual women. It's degrading to actual women because it, it makes an actual woman less than. And it's terrible for young men and women because they really shouldn't see any of this in the first place. And that is a big problem with social media, which we'll talk more about in a moment, according to the Biden administration. But I just need to line up and say that we need to remember to speak the truth, even though the culture does not want us to, and the culture wants to pretend that men can be women and women can be men, and that it's glorious and just let a man who is pretending to be a woman at 59 years old be an amazing figure skater, even though he is none of those things. Reality does crash back. It will. It has to because it is real. You can pretend for so long, just like my child pretended to be a dinosaur for several months, but eventually they grew out of it because my child is not and cannot be a dinosaur. In the same way, we're, 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 we cannot go along with this. We can love people and we should love people. And that's the thing, like that, that's the hard part here. From an individual and on an individual basis, we need to talk to people and counsel them and figure out how to work with them to figure out what is really true. Because this world, this culture also lies to people. They lie to people on the one end and say, you can be whatever you want. And then when reality crashes back in and says, well, that's actually not real, the devil lies to you on both sides. They get He gets you coming and going in the same way that he got Adam and Eve in the garden and many others after that, saying that you can be whatever you want. God didn't really say that you can't do this, so do it. And then once you do and you get in trouble for it, he says, you know, we really shouldn't have done that in the first place. You're such a terrible person. Coming and going, this is what the devil does to you. And we need to be able to counsel people into this. But in order to do that, we have to have a foundation in the real truth. And we have to have the courage to be able to speak the real truth and not this crazy clown world social media that people are apparently living in. 
And speaking of social media, now the Biden administration says that 13 is too young for children to be on social media. And for once, I completely agree. 13 is definitely too old, too young for people to be on social media. They say that the age should be raised to something like 16. I would agree. Maybe even longer. I, 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 the more that I learn about social media, the way the algorithms work, the way that they are designed by the smartest people in the world to make it addictive for adults, not to mention children who don't have fully functioning brains yet. Sorry, true. But we need to protect them as much as we can. And the Biden administration apparently now agrees. This is fantastic. They just came out and said that apparently 13-year-olds are too young for TikTok and all their social medias. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy warned that social media such as TikTok can warp a child's identity. Again, 100% agree. This is a huge problem that the youth have, and they believe that social media is true or real or they get sucked into it, plus all the dopamine hits when they just look at it and get the likes, or the other side of it when they get bullied online and it leads to anxiety and depression and unfortunately in some cases suicide. Like This is a really bad situation. And the Biden administration and this um, uh, Murphy is is saying, yeah, this is a bad situation. I, I, I like this. I like that he is saying this. He says, quote, in a time, you know, early adolescence where kids are developing their identity, their sense of self. It's a time where it is really important for us to be thoughtful about what is going into how they think about their own self-worth and their relationships and the skewed and often distorted environment of social media does a disservice to many of these children. I completely agree. Yes, all of that is true. We need to be careful with our children. They are developing. They don't know what they don't know. And we, as parents especially, need to protect them from these kinds of things. However, I do have to also tack on to the end of this. That's not part of this particular news story that the Surgeon General said that uh, social media is not great for 13-year-olds. This same Surgeon General a little bit ago said that it is perfectly okay and actually encouraged for 13-year-olds and even younger to do medical and physical transitions to another gender. So this particular Surgeon General said a little bit ago that uh, we should uh, expand. So the Department of Health and Human Services in June of 22 said they want to expand efforts to increase the ability of Americans, including children, who identify as transgender to obtain sex change services. So Biden's Assistant Health and uh, Human Services Secretary Rachel, Richard Rachel Levine announced that they should make gender-affirming care more readily available to children. He said, quote, every major medical association agrees gender-affirming care is life-saving medically necessary, age-appropriate, and critical for health care providers. In other words, he says that surgery, uh, that's gender surgery, cross-sex hormones that may sterilize these poor children for life is good. This is good and it is necessary for these children. But at the same time, they can't look at social media because that's bad for them. This is where you get, again, backed into a corner when you try to idealize certain imaginative concepts, like a man can become a woman or a boy can become a girl, and yet you realize that watching social media causes anxiety and depression more than any other era ever in our youth, 
and you wonder what we're doing to them. And then we're saying, well, the solution to that is either to stop doing social media or just medically transition into the person that you think you're supposed to be ignoring all biology. This is what's really hard about this. We have to speak truth into this. We have to continue to do this because the Biden administration sometimes says that things are correct, that social media is really bad for 13-year-olds and younger. Of course it is. But they also say that gender transition and, and medical and physical treatment for them is okay. Or in fact, more than okay, really good. We have to just continue to say what true things are true and what false things are false. So speaking about false things and true things, this is a pro-life guy. Um, actually, I talked about him a little bit ago. Let's see, I've got a picture of him here. So if you're just listening, this is um, Mr. Hawk. And he uh, he was arrested a little bit ago. So he uh, leads a nonprofit group. We've talked about this before in Pennsylvania. He was providing sidewalk counseling outside of a Planned Parenthood. So all of that's a thing. And again, if you're just listening, here is the picture of this really terrible Definitely terrorist-looking guy who has a beautiful, sweet family of children that are all matching, probably for an Easter service. Who knows? Uh, he's in a suit with a matching tie. His his wife is there. I mean, honestly, they look like a really wonderful family. I, I would like to meet them and probably give them all a big hug for having to go through all of this shenanigans that they went through. So, looks like a wonderful family. So, for this wonderful family, um, he was... Just just to um, reiterate the story, if you don't remember, the I believe it was the FBI. I'm looking to see here. At any rate, maybe it was the Department of Justice. Uh, someone came to his door at the crack of dawn. FBI. Uh, so around 20 FBI agents came to his door at the crack of dawn, guns out, and arrested him for the crime of standing in front of this uh, this Planned Parenthood center. Now, apparently, he also pushed a man or a person who was uh, an escort. Apparently, an escort that and and my understanding, if if I'm if I'm right, uh, if I understand this story, my understanding is what an escort does at Planned Parenthood is meets the poor woman who doesn't understand what's going on or or something. Uh, meets this poor woman and escorts them into the building who's going to get an abortion. That's what an escort does. So this escort was yelling at um, this gentleman, Mr. Hawk, and his son, one of his sons, and may have physically uh, connected with the son. It's really unclear. But uh, Mr. Hawk just kept saying, like, no, 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 and eventually pushed this escort down. So for the crime of standing in front of the Planned Parenthood Center and pushing this gentleman down, he was going to receive 11 years in prison. 11 years in prison for violating the FAC Act, the the, the um, Freedom of Access to Clinical Entrances Act, FACE Act. So for standing outside the place and pushing a guy who got too close to his son, 11 years in prison. Well, at the same time, you know, in other states... We're seeing that people get off with a slap on the wrist for burning down buildings and police stations and whatever. I mean, that's fine. But but if you push a guy who's escorting people to 
a Planned Parenthood center because that person was yelling at you and yelling at your son, then you go to prison for 11 years. So the good news on this is that he was actually um, acquitted from from this. So uh, they said, assault is always a serious offense. Uh, if the victim is targeted because of their association with a reproductive healthcare clinic, it is a federal crime. So again, euphemism, reproductive healthcare clinic is Planned Parenthood abortion center. Um, so his attorneys said this was a political prosecution meant to send a message, which clearly it was because he was arrested at gunpoint in front of his wife and kids. Um, while as a side issue, again, and I've said this before and I'll keep saying it, up until a couple of weeks ago, no one from the dozens, I think it was almost 70 the last time I looked, of attacks on pro-life centers, including firebombing, vandalism, broken windows, spray painting, like actual physical damage, no one had been arrested. But as I did check, and two people now have been arrested from the dozens, uh, no word yet as to how long they will be in prison. But this guy, just standing outside, uh, maybe maybe pushing a guy, 11 years in prison. So it's serious if you're on one side of this. If you're on the other side, maybe a little less serious. I don't know. That's what we're seeing, right? So this case, fortunately, good news, thrown out of state court. It was thrown out of court because... If he was truly a danger to the community, they would not have waited a year to prosecute, right? That, that's a piece of this puzzle that is important. They, this incident happened, and they waited a year to show up at his house with guns to arrest him in front of his wife and kids. A year. Uh, and that's even with him going in front of the judge. I, I think it was at least once he had, he had already been in front of the judge. Um, but they waited a year. And so the judge in this case said... Um, you, <laughs> you waited a year, so he was such a danger to the community that you need to show up, full guns blazing, to arrest him after a year. The timeline just doesn't work here at all. Anyway, all right, so the jury acquitted him. I just think this is good news. Um, I've probably talked enough about this, but uh, I just wanted to update on that because I think it's important. This is this is the message that we get. We, we get this message that being pro-life is really, really against the law. That is definitely terrorism. But be, being pro-abortion, um, setting fire to the entire country for the summer months is fine. Um, and but I but what I have to land on here is. This is a great ending to a terrible story. It is. It's a great ending, and I want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate that he was acquitted. But but it, he was protecting his own child from violent activists, and, and we can't forget this, that fact that, that they sent armed guards, armed agents, to arrest this, it looks like a soccer dad, at gunpoint in front of all of his children and his wife. They meant to send a message, as this attorney said, and they did. And this is the message that we continuously get. We get the message that don't stand up to the LGBT indoctrination. Don't stand up to the pro-abortion crowd. Don't stand up to this Planned Parenthood crowd or they will take you down physically with, with guns blazing. Like this is a biblically and moral, moral issue because you're standing outside. I mean, I, it's not, I know it's not like this in America yet. We showed you the video. You can go back at Church Public Archives if you want to look at that. But I showed you a video of a lady who was praying outside silently praying outside of an abortion center in UK and she was arrested for praying silently outside. And actually I looked up, I'm not going to report on it today, but there's another guy who was arrested for praying silently outside of an abortion clinic in the UK. 
They it's and they would do that here if they thought they could get away with it. So they they want to do this. I mean, the, this is the message that they send. Here's a here's another example. Jack Phillips, Jack Phillips, the Colorado cake baker. He was sued because he would not make a wedding cake for a gay wedding. He said, you could buy any of the cakes that I have, but I'm not going to specifically use my artistic talent to make you a wedding cake for a gay marriage because I don't believe in that. It is against my religion. And he actually won that Supreme Court case. But he's being sued again, if you didn't know this, for making for not making a gender transition cake. It was, I think it was uh, blue on the inside and pink on the outside or vice versa. I don't really remember. It doesn't matter. Um, but he refused to make that cake to, to um, celebrate this person's gender transition from one gender into the other. And in fact, that same individual also wanted him to make a cake of Satan smoking a marijuana joint, which I think is super wacky, but again, that's part of the story. But he's being sued again. It's it's this continuous cycle that they're just going after him because he will not bow down to the woke militia and say, yes, I will do whatever you want. You, I, I don't have any religious beliefs. My beliefs are your beliefs. I will do and say whatever you want. If you if you want more evidence of this, again, read, um, read a brave new world or or uh, you know read read these books where where they talk about how they they condition you to say the things they want to say or, or for, for a more realistic story that that's not a fictional uh, retelling story, you know, read Alexander Solzhenitsyn's uh, account of actual Russia where they force you to lie so that you live according to their rules. So the reality doesn't matter. And this is all just the result of creating morality out of your imagination. This is what we keep talking about instead of from an outside source, an outside source that's something outside of you that I would say is God that we get through his revealed word. If your morals are based on your feelings, you will end up persecuting your opponents to death. This is just what happens over and over in history. It's nothing new, but this is where we are. And we have to realize that we have to have courage in this because courage is not the absence of fear. We're afraid of these things. We're afraid of persecution, sure. But courage is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to press through the fear to do what is right, regardless of how difficult that is. So whoever you are out there, I hope you are courageous. I hope you will do the right thing, even when it's not popular and it will have a cost. All right. Uh, we're going to do a couple more today because I've got a couple more in me. Hopefully you do too. Um, I don't have a picture of this and it's probably better that way, but the church of England has a new non-binary pastor. Um, this is, <laughs> I just, and I, sorry, it's, I, I want to make a joke, but it's really hard to, to be serious here. That This person's name is bingo. Bingo is his name. Oh, I, I just, I mean, really, that, that the, the, <laughs> I got nothing. Anyway, so the Church of England has their now first non-binary non priest, excuse me. And this non-binary priest named Bingo, who apparently also has a wife and has three kids, but they have been led by God to, quote, tell the truth about gender identity, end quote. He does go by they, them pronouns. He thinks that Jesus loves sparkly eyeshadow. And he is now a Christian priest in one of those preeminent church denominations in the world, the Church of England. His name is Bingo. Um, I, <laughs> I just don't even know what to say about this. So um, to the Daily Mail, he said that, I'm sorry, it's a they. I, I don't know what to do with these pronouns. There, according to the article, 15-year journey embracing their gender in an interview with the Liverpool Echo, he said, quote, the they 
he, they, I can't do this, people. I can't do it, said, quote, my views used to be very traditional and very conservative. Some might call them bigoted, and there was a lot of ignorance and a lot of, quote, othering. They said, this is a singular person referring to himself as they, whatever. I, I cannot do this, people. Continuing the quote, I didn't take the time to learn from other people's experiences. I was definitely in a lot of denial, and some of that denial came out in denial of other people's identities. He came out seven years ago, halfway through the Church of England's vicar training program. And he said that, um, according to Genesis 127, when the Bible says, from maleness to femaleness, instead of men and women. Um, but I'm just, I'm just going to go back to the Bible, because that's when I tried to do. You don't even have to take my word for it. Open up a Bible. Just find a Bible somewhere around your house right now. Go pause this. Go and find a Bible. Open up your Bible app, whatever. Look at Genesis 127. It doesn't say maleness and femaleness. It says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So it's a him, Adam. It's male and female is them. That's the way pronouns are supposed to work in English and Hebrew and all these places. I, I just... I, I can't I can't do it, people. But the reason we have to bring this up in terms of biblical worldview is even churches, even the main church of England is now saying it's okay to be a they then. It's okay to be uh I to to even have a wife, have children, but still have maleness and femaleness, have whatever this is, and have sparkly eyeshadow. This this is a problem, and, and, and we have to understand what's going on because otherwise we run into this really, really, we really, really um, get to this place where we just accept whatever the culture says is true rather than uh, getting what is true from outside of us. This person even said they didn't listen to people's feelings, didn't listen to people's stories about their identity. Reality does not come from your stories. It doesn't come from your identity. It comes from uh, the word. It comes from biology. It comes from the created order. That, that's where reality comes from. You cannot make it on your own. You could try, and you end up like this figure skater who just falls on their face on the ice rather than realizing who they really are. And it's sad. It's sad and I, I want to not laugh at this, but it's just, it's really hard because people just get it so wrong. And I want to help people get it right. We have to, we have to have compassion and have some understanding that there's hurt in the world until they get that. But at the same time, we have to say true things. We cannot give up saying the truth. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit more about that in a moment, but just one more story as we're, as we're going through this. Um, and that is to Florida because apparently all news comes from Florida or Texas, apparently. Anyway, so this Florida church, this Florida Baptist church and the senior pastor there said, members have to sign a statement that say they agree with the Bible in order to be a member. I know this sounds crazy. It's just, just crazy talk. This church, this pastor has the audacity to say, hey, there's a Bible, which is what our faith is based on and where we learn about Jesus and God and the way we're supposed to live. So in order to be a member of the church, you have to actually agree with the things that the Bible says. Again, this is crazy. It's it's crazy that this pastor is saying this, but he does. Now, uh, there's a whole – so this is the, the First Baptist Church um, of Jacksonville, Florida – and he has given his congregants a deadline uh, affirming uh, biblical view of sexuality by March 19th. I'm going to read this statement for you, and then, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. So his, this statement says, uh, 
First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, is a church gathered under the authority of Jesus Christ and his word, the Bible. Um, he says that our church requires all members to agree with the following statement, expressing a view of biblical sexuality that is basic to Christian scriptures. Requiring agreement with this statement for all members is an exercise in faithfulness to Jesus Christ, whom we trust and serve. It's an exercise in clarity so that our members might understand our most fundamental commitments in a sexually confused world. It's also an exercise in love towards a lost world that desperately needs to know God's standard for human sexuality. So uh, he goes on here, and the statement, that wasn't even the statement. That was just a precursor to, hey, this is going on. This is what the statement says. The statement's actually a lot shorter. Here is the statement. So the statement says, as a member of First Baptist Church, I believe God creates people in his image, either male or female, and that this creation is a fixed matter of human biology, not of individual choice. I believe marriage is instituted by God, not by government. It's between one man, one woman, and is the only context for sexual desire and expression. He cites Genesis 1.27, which we just went over. Also Genesis 2.24, Matthew 19.5, Romans 1.26.27, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. That is it. That's the whole statement. And if you realize and read through this, and if you've even heard this news story, maybe, it says nothing about homosexuality. It says nothing about LGBTQAIP hashtag plus plus ideology. It doesn't say anything about any of those things. So, rightly so, this statement says the LGBT ideology is wrong. It says divorce is wrong. It says living with somebody before you're married is wrong. Or after you're married, living, having affairs is wrong. All of those things are wrong. According to God and his word revealed to us, all of them are wrong. It just happens that that particular sexual sin is a very hot button right now in terms of the LGBTQ community. So this statement has gotten a lot of publicity and the church and this pastor have gotten a lot of hate by saying things that just come straight out of the Bible, which is the same things that we talk about. And, and this is why we need to talk about these things. It's really important to talk about true things. And to have a standard, have a morality, have a foundation that's based on something outside of yourself. As this statement says, it's based on biology. It's not individual choice. It's based on God's word. It's not based on how you feel. That's the only way we can live. Because if you live just how you feel, you're going to have a really harder time in this life. You're going to have a hard time in this life. You're going to struggle because you cannot find peace, happiness, joy, hope in yourself. It's just not possible. It's not, it's not present. You, you can't soothe yourself uh, and you can't find your way into some utopia, some paradise. It, it's just not how it works. That's not how reality works. It's not how the created order works. You can pretend there's no God. You can act like there's no God, but there is, and you're in his kingdom. Whether you like it or not, whether you admit it or not, that's just the reality of it. So, so as Christians, as followers, as believers, we have to say the true things and say that we are in the kingdom of God, and I would love for you to be in it too. That's the thing. I do have compassion. I do have love. It may sound like I'm bigoted and hateful, and I'm not. I, I don't hate anybody. I, I, I want everybody to find Jesus, but the only way to find him is to deny yourself, deny your selfishness, and actually go after Jesus. Because as Romans tells us, uh, as Corinthians and Paul, uh, Jesus himself tells us, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You, you do not get to choose your way. Uh, you know, as Fleetwood Mac said, you can go your own way, but 
that's going to lead you down a path that I, I'm just trying to tell you something as, as a friend, um, maybe as an influence. It's not going to lead you to a place that you like. It's just not. Um, so I, I hope you don't. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to say a little bit more about culture here. And uh, I, I hope that I hope that you can hear this. So Jesus, uh, w- w- let's talk about John 17. We talked about Matthew 19, um, where, where, where Jesus talks about uh, marriage and divorce and all that. Um, but let's, let's go over to John, Gospel of John, John 17, because uh, I heard this the other day and somebody talking about it. And I wanted to I wanted to make sure it was straight because I don't think we understand this completely. So Jesus calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. And, and some people have taken this to mean that, that we should not get involved in culture at all. And I do hear that. But that's not what Jesus said here. He said, we are in the world, but we're not like the world. But he didn't say that means you need to get out of the world. He actually says in John 17, 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, praying to God, Jesus praying to God. But Jesus says, but that you, God, protect them, you and me, us, from the evil one. Because we're in the world. We're in the world, but we should be not like the world. That's why these stories matter. The stories where the Church of England says non-binary, LGBTQ ideology is okay, like all this is okay, that's like the world. That's not being in the world, but not of the world. That's just being like the world. And in fact, we're called to take light of Christ to the world, just as this pastor is saying. We're supposed to go into the world and be the light of the world for Christ, but we have to have the light of Christ in order to do that, to take Christ into the world. Jesus goes on in this passage, John 17, 18, to say, as you have sent me into the world, that's God sending Jesus, I have sent them into the world, Jesus sending us. We are sent into the world. We're supposed to be in the world. We just shouldn't be like the world. And it's very, uh, apparently, to some people, to some churches, it's much more attractive to be like the world because it is easier. Of course it's easier. It would be a lot easier. I would have a lot more fame and fortune and money if I just said all of the woke uh, ideology things and I agreed with it. It's not rocket science to follow after that and and to be really good at that. That's actually pretty easy. It's just not true. And that's what's hard. I have to say true things, even if people don't like me for it. It's not about me. You, You can hate me, but it's really not about me. You don't like God because God has placed on you boundaries that you don't want to have. And we all feel like that to some degree because we have sin nature and we want to do things that we shouldn't do. We all have that. Of course we do. But God says those things aren't good for you. And and we like if you want to live the abundant life that Jesus says we can have, if you want to be with God in eternity forever, you, you have to do what Jesus tells you to do. I mean, you don't have to, but... There are only two ways. There's for God and against God. That, that's it. And, and you've got to choose which way you're going to go. Some churches have become a hideout of believers who just don't engage with culture at all. I've seen that a lot. It's personally frustrating to me because I, I want churches to say the true things, just to read the Bible and do what it says. That's what the church's job is. The church's job is to bring awareness to what the truth of Jesus is and how to live it out in the world, which is counterculture and offensive to the world. Jesus talks about that. Paul talks about that. Uh, Peter talks about that. James talks about that. Pretty much everybody in the New Testament talks about how countercultural and offensive the Bible is, the Word of God is, to the world. It just is. But these churches don't want to be cultural. They, they don't want to be political. They claim to be not political, but they avoid any topic that is controversial, which is, in fact, political. But meanwhile, 
Then this next generation has left the church because they found no real answers in the church that just wouldn't say anything about anything important. That's one side. But then the other side, we have churches like we just saw with this non-binary pastor. And some churches have just embraced all the aspects of culture from the LGBT ideology to abortion to critical race theory to social justice and everything else. These churches have become so much like the world that there's no distinction that anybody can tell, or at least not a biblical one. So on the one hand, we cannot be a hideout of believers not engaging with the culture, but we also cannot embrace all the aspects of the culture. We have to be, as Jesus asked us in John 17, in the world, but not of the world, in the culture, but not like the culture. This culture tells us that in order to be authentic, you need to listen to your heart and do what it says. And that may seem right, but it just leads to chaos. And it's not biblical. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all else. Instead, we need to have morals outside of us that guide us like biblical values. We need this foundation, something that is best for everyone, even if this is the hard part, it doesn't feel that way. Foundational values, morals, they're difficult to live up to. In fact, they're impossible to live up to, but that's why we have grace. They seem restrictive, but with no foundation of morals and values, society becomes lawless, chaotic, and dangerous. And this is what we're seeing more and more every day. That's why I bring you these new stories and biblical worldview, because what you see is the exact result of how we are living as a culture. God's values they and guidance and laws, it, it may feel restrictive, but it's meant to stop the desires of our hearts from hurting ourselves or others. As a father, you, you know, you should understand that. As a parent, you should understand that. You want to help your kids do better and not get hurt. So to us, Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. Jesus wants to save you from yourself and show you the better way. This is why the first Christians were called followers of the way. It's the way of Jesus, the way of Christ. And it's not easy, but it is good. And this is how we change the culture. If we as Christians, as believers, as the church, if we step into this way of Christ, we will change the world because we will be in the world, but not like the world. This is the way. For Church Public, I'm Ed Odegaard, and I hope that you will keep the faith.